Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where we chat with startup founders just like you from all over the globe. Each episode, we bring you practical and actionable tips to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Podbrand Media. As a business owner, new sales leads are essential. At Podbrand Media, we create a branded podcast for you to generate those leads by interviewing your best potential clients as subject matter experts. Not only creating great rapport, but also great content to share in your industry. Affordable and effective. Contact us today at podbrandmedia.com to learn more. This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and I have a great guest with me today, Luke Charlton. Luke, thanks for joining me on Rising Tide. Pleasure to be here, Kevin. So we were chatting just before we hit the big red record button. I, I told him, I said, I had a, this uh, Australian uh, fantasy or whatever that, I, that a few years ago <laughs> where I was only interviewing people from Australia <laughs> and New Zealand and primarily Australia. I mean, for like nine months straight. I mean, it was just a, a just nothing but that area of the world. So it's one of my favorite digital uh, locations or di digital destinations. But Luke, if you and I were were meeting at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me? Um, well, I'd say, hi, my name's Luke. But uh, if, if you're asking like, yeah, what, what do I kind of do um, in my business? Basically, um, in, in the simplest terms, I, so my target market is coaches. So I help, I help coaches or high ticket service professionals to turn paid ads into high paying clients, right? So to take their offer and scale it basically using paid advertising. And I've been doing that since 2016, spent over $20 million on ads and scaled campaigns over $25,000 a day. So nobody just wakes up one day and says, you know, hey, I'm going to help coaches with their ad spend here. So go back <laughs> yeah, a, a, little, a little further in the journey and, and walk us through kind of that serendipitous route that landed you in this. Oh, in this man, month. it's funny how you look back and and you see your path, right? So, yeah, I like to this month, so it's July, right? Yeah. 2023. And this month, 10 years ago is when I left my full-time job to be to go out on my own. Um, so it's 10 years to the month. I actually moved from Australia to London to live. I was there for about 12 months and then I failed miserably so bad that I had to come back to Australia after 12 months because I <laughs> ran out of money and actually was in a lot, lot of debt <laughs> in that 12 months. But when I was there and so that time, including a couple of years after that, I was constantly trying like lots of different methods and particularly the, the free methods. And I actually got one working. It was with LinkedIn groups actually. And I wrote a book on it and no joke, the day that I was to re release the book on Amazon, LinkedIn changed their policies overnight and, and the strategy that I was using to get clients with their groups no longer worked anymore. Like literally they just flicked a switch mm. and rendered my whole strategy useless. <laughs> and so I got kind of tired of chasing the organic strategies and, and I, I, and this is when Facebook was, this is over 2015, Facebook was just starting to like get like a, a name in the market. That was a good way to get clients. And I thought, you know what, I, I really want to learn paid advertising and, so I bought a course from this guy and after a couple of months, he put a post in his private coaching community that he was hiring for his agency. So his name's Jason Hornung and he's actually still a mentor of mine to this day. And um, so I applied for the gig out of 50 people, I got the role. And so basically I went from spending $20 a day on my own campaigns to like $100,000 a month, like literally overnight, I was just thrown in. <laughs> and I was working with lots of high level coaches and that was a, a really great experience. And then after a couple of years with him, I went on my own back in 2018. 
to do my own agency and stuff. So yeah, that's kind of like a little bit of an insight into the path that led me to where I am today, running ads um, for coaches and high ticket service professionals running their campaigns. So, so many people want to kind of get in this gig, you know, with paid ads and and the space yeah. there. So there's, a, there's like, seems to be there's two schools of thought. There's one that says, you know, here's a flat fee. Uh, I'm going to kind of manage your ad spend and, and let's see what we can do. The other says, yeah. you know, pay me based on results, you yeah. know, on, on what we get. So when you're first starting out, you know, speak to coaches that are, you know, further behind you in the journey that just are thinking about this or, right. Or, you know, add so coaches answers. that want to, cause I work with coaches that are like, you know, health coaches or dating coaches or relationships. Yeah. 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 Or, right? No, I, I didn't about... mean to use the word coach. I, sorry. I, I made maybe agencies. The, at, yeah, agencies that are, that are okay. a little further behind you on the path, just getting started. What, what yeah. do you think is the best way to kind of launch into this space? That's such a great question. I would do exactly what I did. Um, again, that was as, as you know, serendipitous, as you said before. Um, one of my biggest pieces of uh, advice, like if I could, was this was 10 years ago, right? And I was yeah. just leaving my job. <laughs> I would literally find the top a advertising agency and I would go work for them. It doesn't mean you have to be a full-time employee. Like with Jason, I was a... Um, I was just a contractor, mm -hmm. right? So I was still actually building my business in the background. I was working for him maybe like a couple of hours a day, not not that much. So I was actually getting paid by, so I was he was paying me, right, to run ads for his clients. Plus I'm learning how to run paid advertising, which is an extremely valuable and in-demand skill, right? So I'm getting paid to learn this mm. valuable, valuable skill. And so my knowledge just went like a hockey stick, right? It just... And so my biggest piece of advice is like, if you're wanting to be successful, whether you want to get into an agency, even even if you're a, just a regular coach that wants to be like a dating coach or whatever, or lot, this also applies to other entrepreneurs, go and find like one of the top people in the industry and go, hey, I'm I'm here to work for you, right? What's the, you know, Think and Grow Rich? I think there's a story in Think and Grow Rich where there's this guy, he wanted to go and work for Thomas Edison, I think it was. And he just showed up on the on his doorstep, and he said, "I'm I'm coming to you know I'm coming to learn from you." And he just he just was persistent until until he was given the job, and that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest. I don't even know. It might be a secret, but one of the what you have to understand about someone who's running a business is it's it's easy to find people, but it's very hard to find motivated people, people mm. that want to work for you, point, right? Because yeah. you can you can train for skill, like training skills, like kind of the easy part. What's the the um, Southwest slogan is like? Um, hire for attitude, train for skill, or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's actually much harder to find someone with a good attitude that's actually going to put in the work. If you show up on, an, on a very successful entrepreneur's doorstep and said, "Hey, I want to work for you. I know you're the best. Here's why I want to work for you. I'm gonna," you know, that is like music to their ears. That that if if, if you don't have any skill set, they they don't care. So you can train skill. It's so much harder. So I would literally, if I was quitting ten years ago, I would find who do I look up to. I would, I would just keep hounding them until they mm -hmm. gave me a job. I yep. wouldn't care. I would say, I want to be your pay, uh, advertiser. I want to be a coach for you. Train me. I've read this book of yours. I read this book. And I will literally just keep hounding them until they get so exhausted by you that <laughs> they have to give you a job. And that you never see that in you know, anywhere. Like, that's why I say it's actually quite easy to be successful if you're that persistent and persistent, focused. Yeah. Right? yeah. No and one that, is they, that. They recognize no that one is too. That. They'll, right. they'll recognize that in you, you know, as exactly right. I'm not, you're not going to be there like for like three years, bang on the door. Like they'll no see, doubt. wow, this person is, <laughs> they really want to no. work for me. Yeah. I'll give him a job. It doesn't what, you know, so 
that's what I would do. I would, I would go find someone who's successful, learn their, like how they, because the one other thing that I noticed is like that so valuable for me is I learned how Jason ran an agency with employees. So yeah. I saw all of these SOP. I use the SOPs that the standard operating procedures, like mm-hmm. checklists and stuff of stuff. I learned all of those and I use those in my agency mm-hmm. to this day. And yeah, so there's a lot of other things that you will learn about not just your own skills, but you'll be observing how a business and you'll see like things that you really like. And then you'll see the things that you don't like, but man, that is the, I would go work for someone, uh, even as just a contractor, a couple hours a day, you know, um, mm-hmm. learning from them. And then you can like, your like that accelerated my path, my, my, my path to success by, I don't know, like a decade or so. Like yeah. I got the amount of money that I was spending on ads. I, if I went if I was doing, went on that path alone and tried to get on clients and I'd still be here five years later, mm-hmm. like probably just, sorry, um, not five years later. It's like seven, eight years later. Um, I'd, I would still would be kind of now just learning those skills that, you know, that long ago, but it's just because that's how long it takes to build. So it's like a, if it might feel like by working for someone else, you're, you're taking a step back, but you actually are accelerating your path to success. Yeah. Oh, there, would... there's no doubt. And I, I think that, you know, as you were kind of describing this, you know, pound on the door until they, they finally give in is it's almost like they recognize in you the qualities that they had in themselves that kind exactly of drove right. into that, that space. Yeah. But I want to go back to something you said really early in the, in the chat, you said, you know, when I left my nine to five, walk us through that day, what was your mindset that <laughs> so shifted <good. laughs> you and said, Hey, I got to bust out of here. I got to do oh, something I was, else. I was, I had left mentally like <laughs> You quiet quit long before quiet quit. Yeah, I seriously did. So um, it got so bad at the end that probably about every hour, uh, the way I describe it is like a straight jacket on my soul. Like I just felt constrained. Mm, And I love that. Every hour I would have to take a break. I I was in IT, just like a support desk, um, IT analyst support desk for the Australian government. I would stop every hour and I'd literally walk around the building and I'd do another hour of work because I got that that bad of just how much I hated it. Upon reflection, after many years, I realized the reason why I didn't like I, I really loathe that kind of work is because I the first six months of a job would be great because you're learning and growing, and then in where I'm from, I'm from Canberra, which is like kind of like Washington DC. It's like mm-hmm. government. Yeah. Everyone's got a government job. The only way you can move up in the government is if someone dies or if they retire. So basically, it's a long time before you can actually move up. And so basically you're stuck in a role for many years and you're not growing. It's like monotonous every day. And for me, that was, I didn't realize at the time, but that was, yeah, it's, I, I just hated living that way. And as you know, as an entrepreneur, a business owner, like every day you're literally solving problems and growing, you're forced to grow and that's, it's stressful, but it's also very rewarding and it's fulfilling. So the, how I felt when I left that role, I felt free basically when I, when I walked out that fucking remember it now, I, you know, walking out the building on that, on that final day. Yeah. It just felt like freedom basically. Yeah. I, there's, there's no doubt about it. I think that story is so true. So often, I mean, there are people that are, that are wired to work for a nine to five role. There's right. no doubt there, but there are some of us that are not wired in that way. And, and I, I have never heard it described like it was a straight jacket on my soul. Yeah. What a great yeah. way to describe, you know, how you felt, especially in the, like you said, in the government sector where you're, you were, you yeah. really did feel trapped. Yeah. And now here's a quick word from one of our new sponsors on Rising Tide Startups. 
Have you been wanting to start a podcast but not sure where to start? Well, now you can start a podcast in less than 24 hours. I'm David Ezel, and I'll walk you through all of the things that you need to get started today. Things like how to choose the right microphone, how to edit your audio, and how to find guests and build a pipeline of future guests. This course does a great job of keeping things high level while also diving into the things that keep most people from starting. Even better, if you use the code RISING at checkout, you'll get 20% off your purchase. But that's only if you use the code RISING at checkout. What are you waiting for? Start your podcast today. Walk us through like, you know, we fast forward 10, 15 years in the future. Walk us through a typical day today. When you get up, what is what does your day look like, you know, related to Yeah, I get up. So I go to bed pretty I get up at 3 30, 3 o'clock every morning. But I, I got a I got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And um that's what they go to bed at about six six, six thirty. And for many years, like I would go to bed at like eight, nine o'clock, nine thirty, like most people. But what I found is at about seven thirty, my energy would just Hmm. dive bomb and yeah. so i thought you know what i'll start to go, i'll start going to bed with my kids and i do and i feel amazing because i'm like kind of more in, in sync with my rhythm so anyway i get up really early because i go to bed early so i still had a, a good full night's sleep but it's more in line like i feel wide awake and, and i have lots of energy in the morning when i get up so i get up i stretch for a little bit then i go to the gym for about an hour um just out i've got the gym here at home and then i go for a 6k run um, probably about five or six times a week after the gym that takes me until about six in the morning. And then, um, I might check emails and do a little bit of work for like 30 minutes or so. And then I'll just get ready, like have breakfast with the kids. That's what time they wake up. Uh, and then from eight till 12 is when I work. So I don't usually work after 12 PM. That's so I spend the rest of the second half of the day with, with my kids. So I'm only mm -hmm. really working in like focused between eight and 12. Um, Monday to Thursday, don't really work Fridays. So, and this yeah. is what you know. Walk us through the eight to twelve window. So, what what would that eight typically to, yeah, include? Yeah, so I've got a um, a campaign manager, so she handles all the ad, the ad, like the physical uploading ads and launching them and stuff. So it's either client calls, maybe a couple of those a week. Like it's pretty <laughs> okay. This is yeah. So if you had just asked me. Um, maybe two two years ago, like my morning, I have like this checklist of things to do, mm -hmm. right? And what I realized is, you know, I kept my, it was like busy work. It wasn't really like, the way I describe it is kind of like leverage points. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I heard um, Tim Ferriss describe this, you know, if someone watched him in his morning routine, they go, this guy's quite boring. He's not actually doing anything. And that's kind of like me. I don't have like this gigantic checklist of to, to like I have things on my to dos, but what I search for are the leverage points. Like what are the things that are going to move the needle in the biggest yeah. way? Okay. So I'll give you an example. <laughs> this is where I get really annoyed with clients because they have this checklist of things. And so I'll give you an example. So I've got a client where he came to me a couple of months ago. He wanted me to help again, turn paid ads into high paying clients. And I was uh, helped him write a VSL to do that. And VSL is just like it's like a ten minute video mm -hmm. where we people opt in to watch a ten minute video and they book an appointment. And this <laughs> worked amazing like, right away. We're getting appointments for thirty dollars, which in the market that he's in is the average is about one hundred and fifty. So he's getting it for way less. And he spent about fifteen hundred dollars and made back twenty five k. And this is the beginning testing phase, so it's doing really well. 
anyway, what he's having a problem with is just you know people no showing, right? And so that's the leverage point because if we can get more people showing, he's going to make more sales. Mm -hmm. But then he he like came to me and he's 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 working on all these like retargeting ads and um, wanting to add extra cold ads to the campaign where that's all good. Like we're getting appointments for thirty dollars. Like even if what he's doing is working at, let's say it brings the appointments down to $29.50, right? It's not it's not worth his time. I said, dude, why are you spending your time there? This is a bigger problem. If we fix this, if we yeah. increase the shop rate by an extra 50%, you're going to get an extra 50% of revenue. Like that's the leverage point. And so the way that I struck, the way that I create my to-dos now is, yes, I, I have little things that I would like to do. Like I, um, uh, I'd like to, create a little email sequence that when when someone opts in that says hey can you give me a review if you've been good you know if you've enjoyed my podcast or whatever like this little one percent thing is it going to get me 100 more clients no it's just like one of these nice to have to do's mm -hmm. right and that's what it's kind of like brian tracy's like what's important you know the important kind of um what's it in um seven habits of highly effective people anyway he's got this that that thing that he uses to decide whether something's important or not but right. the way i describe it is a leverage but it's like an 80 20 like what's that small thing that is going to get you a big result and the way that i determine that is through the numbers really in a funnel right so if if something is underperforming like the opt-in is is too high or if the the sales people aren't converting at the rate that they should be then that's what we need to fix first don't worry about anything else And this is where i get really annoyed with clients they tell me that like i'm like we just need to fix this part of the sales script and like two weeks later they come to me and i'm like why hasn't this been fixed yet this this needs to be fixed like why are you even doing why are you focusing on your course and fixing this little tiny lesson that you would really like to fix when this is the thing that's gonna you know double your revenue or triple triple your revenue so when you ask like what is my morning to do it's actually it's actually like it used to be kind of like, oh, I've got all this stuff to do, but I don't set up my morning that way because I don't like to be stressed out with all these little things. I'm like, okay, what's the like the one thing that I need to focus on this morning? So it's usually like maybe one or two things, you know, maybe one or two things that I'm looking at, like kind of, and sometimes they're small, but they are leverage points. I don't know how best to describe it. Like mm -hmm. Maybe I can like sales script. From, I've got another business that I run a coaching business. And the sales script needs fixing. That's a that's a leverage point because it's not converting as high as it should be. So on my to do this morning, right at the top is just fix. There's a certain part of the sales script that I need to fix. So that's on my to do. So I might just do that this morning. Are there other things on here? Yeah, but they're they're not leverage points. So they're just right. like kind of on another. You just put the kind of have like your leverage point to do list, and then have your would nice to have nice to have to do list, and let that sit there and don't even worry about it. No. But if you, you if you do the leverage points, I mean, those are the 80, 20 Pareto principles that are making the biggest difference. Everything so, I do now is 80, yeah, 80, 20. Everything is the way, that's the way that I think about it. So yeah, it saves I, me so much time. Like my mornings, you almost feel like I, I, you almost feel like I should be doing more because we're entrepreneurs. We're so used to like busy, 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 busy. But if you're just focusing on, you can still be busy, but you can be busy focusing on the, on the leverage points and then take half the, you know, the rest of the day off knowing that you've done a really good job. How many of those you know, leverage points that you recognize, how many of those are, are data driven versus just insights that you just understand, you know, kind of intuitively because you've been doing this for a while. Um, yeah, it's my, so the first, so there's a couple of different levels, right? So when a coach comes to me and they've got 
So I get I work with coaches that are already running ads and some that are not running ads at all. They just mm -hmm. get clients through referrals. So with those people, we don't have data because they're not running any ads, right? So their leverage point is we need to look at their offer and fix their offer first because that's usually yep. sometimes they've tried ads in the past, but they haven't been able to convert because they've got an offer problem. They don't know how to communicate their program in a way that people, that's what marketing is. So we fix that. That's kind of like the first leverage point is get your offer right and then let's put it in a system where we can drive ads to it and then we can get some data. So the leverage point is like, okay, what's the opt-in page converting at? Then what is our cost per appointment? Then what are the site, the salesperson, what are they converting at? So that's, that's kind of like the next level. And then from there, the next, like usually, so I'm working with a solo coach, right? Then the next leverage point is less about the data and it's more about them removing themselves from that and hiring people to, you know, to, to, to be the salesperson mm -hmm. or to run the ads, right? Mm -hmm. That's the next leverage point is when you're, you're creating processes. So other people can jump into those roles. And so you don't have to be the one spending time on the calls right. or even delivering your program or delivering your product or your service. So that's the next leverage point is mm -hmm. you are not the cog anymore. It's the mm -hmm. whole, um, entrepreneur, what's that famous entrepreneur book, like working on your business, not oh, e -myth. E -myth. Yeah, the e -myth. E -myth. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, like what's the, what's the next leverage point after that? Well, the next leverage point is once you're kind of at the top of your business and you've got your employees, if we're, I mean, if we're talking a pure finance thing, the next leverage point is that you become an investor. That's where you take your money and you, it works for you. That's the like, and Robert Kiyosaki, I'm calling his mm -hmm. book reference. Yeah. I don't know what he's called. Yeah. Robert Kiyosaki's, you know, his ESBI yeah. thing. The final part of the quadrant is the I, it's the investor, mm -hmm. where you literally don't, I mean, you still have to kind of know where you're putting your money. So you have to be kind of savvy there and do your research there. But that's like the least time intensive way to expand your wealth is to put your money in, you know, in the right, in the right spot. And then you get dividends or whatever that, whatever that return is. But business owners that, yeah, the best part for a business owner is to be right at the top of your company. So that's the leverage. That's that leverage point is you want people underneath you. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. All these references you're bringing out of the art, yeah, no, really entrepreneurial they, books <laughs> that you're using, but that that's it's a great segue to kind of my my next question is I want to kind of give you a theory that I have about you know entrepreneurial DNA. You know, yeah. I I think that there's a difference between entrepreneurs and business owners or business starter or business, uh, you know, those who run businesses, just president, CEO, whatever. That entrepreneurs yep. really do have a genetic disposition to start things you know it's almost yeah i just started another drive, business so. i just started the business yeah, yeah. how do you yeah. do you you know do you believe that's the case it sounds like you just already have answered the question before i ask it but the idea that you know entrepreneurs are are kind of just naturally bent in that direction yeah it depends how you define entrepreneur i think because that's that that's such a word that you know you get like a a solo business owner coach that calls themselves an entrepreneur like on facebook you know so in the true sense of the word entrepreneur an entrepreneur yes is someone that's that sees really it's like someone that sees a problem in the market and yep. solves it with with a business that that's yep. all it is so i wouldn't call the entrepreneur as someone who just starts one business like right. is just an accountant uh, business owner whatever you know or just a solo coach or even a even a coach that has employees under them i wouldn't really consider in the truest sense of the word i wouldn't consider them an entrepreneur mm -hmm. i consider an entrepreneur as someone who 
has more than one business basically sees problems solves it with the business puts employees in place isn't the main cog in their will they understand mm-hmm. how so they're business savvy plus they've got multiple they use yeah business to solve problems basically in the market so and, to, and opportunistic especially. you know yes, exactly uh, right. opportunistically yeah. ready to to jump on those opportunities but yes as, exactly as right. you kind of you know transition from employee to employer what are some just one or two key lessons that you you've learned over the course of you know kind of running your own business and and leading others and and you know mentoring them? So if you were talking to somebody starting out, you know, further behind you in the journey, what are you know yeah, regardless two, of the industry, big, yeah. what are a couple of things that would really be helpful? Yeah, a couple of big ones. I'll give you three. First one is when when you hire someone for a role be very clear with the expectations, like super, super clear. Like this is exactly what I need mm-hmm. in this role because it's so much harder to bring those in later. You know, if you come in and go, actually, I need you to do this. Like here's the role and you come in six months later and actually I need you to add, I actually need to be in an eight instead of eight thirty or nine is what I say. You know, I need you to actually, and you know, be available after hours to answer the, like, you know, those like changing expectations halfway through the role is, is, um, you may be justified in that because you need that for the role, but it's so much harder. So be very clear on the expectations when you hire someone. The next thing is have a process for literally everything because as we discussed before, people won't treat your business the way that you treat it, unfortunately. Have the view of like, keep it, you know, keep it simple, stupid, like make it so it's so, literally have a process for everything is what I'm saying. Like, Hey, like, let's say your staff, one of their requirements is to do Zoom calls, right? I would have a process like, you, for every Zoom call, you need to be there five minutes early. You need to know this about the prospect. You need to open the Zoom call and you need to answer it. You need to, sorry, start the conversation this exact way. I want you to open it this way every single time, right? So have a checklist or a process, an SOP for literally everything in your business. Again, expectations so that if they're not hitting those, you know, because people, you know, if, if they're not clear, they'll just kind of do their own thing, right? Yep. The, the employees. So if you want to be exactly, this is how we onboard new clients or new customers. This is how something, this package gets sent out. This is how we follow up. Every, like, every, I know it sounds, it's the email thing, right? Mm-hmm. I know it sounds um, tedious, but once it's in place, it's, I mean, this is how you scale a business. So this is how McDonald's, this is, I worked, for, my yep. first job was at McDonald's yep. and uh, they have like a manual, like this thick, like everything. And every, everything was a process, like how we made the burgers, how we wrapped wrapped the burgers, how we responded to managers when they, um, you know, asked for, you know, when's this burger ready? We responded in certain ways. How many pickles everything... are on a cheeseburger? Sorry? How many pickles, exactly are, right. on how many pickles yeah. are on the cheeseburger? How many squeezes of the, of the tomato sauce, you guys call it ketchup, mm. of the ketchup goes on, on the burger? Everything. So have that, again, it comes back to expectations, but it also comes back to scalability. So when you have to get rid of someone or you know you need someone for a certain role, there's everything is already mapped out for them. If they have any questions, that's the, you know, your SOPs, your manuals are the first place they go. And then maybe you've got coaching calls for them or whatever, but, but yeah, there's a, there is a process for everything. So I said, I'd give you three. So it was the, I, I lost the third one. It'll probably come to me as we keep talking. So, um, right. What, so the first one was to, yeah, set expectations. The second one was to have SOPs. Can you just remind me of the question again? Just if the, you were, if you were talking to or somebody further behind you to lead a business, what would be a three 
you know, two or three just salient steps that you think would be helpful for them in leading well? Yeah. Well, the third one that I, I, I wasn't thinking before, but we already kind of discussed this is, is you want to, and this is hard in the beginning be, when you're starting out, but hiring for attitude, right? So mm -hmm. you notice at the top companies, like people want to work for the top companies like Apple or Mind Valley or Tesla or whatever, because there's good perks and with a lot of those is good, good culture. So you want people that want to work for you. So I would, I would think about how do I create a business? You know, just listening to a YouTube video this morning and about In-N-Out Burger. And, you know, a fast food restaurant is not generally a place where someone would see themselves as like doing a career, right? Mm -hmm. But In-N-Out Burger is such a great place to work. Apparently, I've never worked there. So they're in California for mm -hmm. those that don't know. And they're apparently such a great place to work that like they get paid well, they get treated really well, you know, their their work is meaningful, they enjoy their their job, that people actually treat this as as a career. Like and, and that's not usually associated with like a fast food restaurant, right. McDonald's or whatever. It's just like, oh yeah, I'll work here for a little while and some money and then I'll then I'll leave. So thinking about like how can I create my business in a way where it is enjoy and this is what I'm learning at the moment. This is what I don't like about the Zoom businesses, right? So the online businesses is unfortunately where I live very almost like a little bit remote in Australia. So it's uh, to get good quality staff here where I'm, it's, it's, it's quite hard. So I've kind of almost have to have an online business and that can be a hard thing to create a culture with mm -hmm. around, right? Because everyone's just at home doing their own thing, right? It is possible. Uh, yeah. So it, either way, I'd think about how can I create a business that people actually want to work at? It's not all about just paying them. You know, people will, you know, it's great that you pay them well, but do they feel like they are uh, contributing to the success of the business as an yep. example, right? Do you let them have their input? And then right. do you, does that get implemented into the business again mm -hmm. there should be a process and they recognize that yeah they yeah employees certainly recognize that and i i love those three that clear expectations having written procedures and really hiring you know for attitude and, and train for skill i mean what a yeah. what a way to kind of wrap us up today and yeah. luke i appreciate you taking time it's been great to uh kind of jump in your world for a little bit and i, I would love for you to tell people you know where's the best place to find you online and find out more about your business yeah just go to lukechalton.com so lukechalton.com i have a lot of free stuff there <laughs> you'll see my blog is there's like hundreds of pages of blogs content and yes if you're a coach or a high ticket service professional that's probably the best type of business owner that would want to maybe check me out so just go to lukechalton.com and there's lots of free trainings and content on there to help grow your business well i appreciate you taking that time and we'll make sure that those the contact information is in the show notes and luke once again just thank you for just sharing today and just really playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide luke have a great day thanks mate you too We hope you heard some great takeaways. Make sure you follow up with our guests today and show them the support they deserve. As always, thank you for listening and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.